What's up, hockey fans? This is episode 108 of the Clappercast. I'm Burke, and as always, joined by my co-host, Sean. Sean, how's it going, man? You know, I'm uh, getting ready for our, our episode this week. We've got a bit of a theme for the week. Um, I think we're going to call it, but can, can we fix it? No, we can't. <laughs> but we can sure <laughs> talk about it. So what we're thinking yeah, exactly. this week, there's, you know, there's a handful of teams every season, a handful of teams this season that are underperforming, that are very clearly broken some of them are a little bit more uh, publicized than others um as evidenced by our last episode where we spent most of it trashing the canucks um <laughs> but you know we thought we'd take a little bit more of a positive tone this week and uh try and fix these broken teams and one of them in one of them being vancouver we might actually you know give them some <laughs> ideas give them some options yeah so i mean did you want to start with vancouver you know what perfect Since... segue let's go right into the canucks <laughs> <laughs> okay so problem solving 101 define the problem what is the problem here in Vancouver? Well, it really looks at this point like it's just an issue with team composition and utilization. Um, after after the last few seasons of moves made by Jim Benning, there's just a random collage of aging veterans and underperforming players that are just being put into positions that they aren't really suited for. Um, you know, putting guys like Alex Chase on in the lineup over your younger guys and losing the younger guy on waivers. Um, guys like Justin Dowling on the power play. It's just a lot of weird, a weird, weird player personnel decisions that are kind of really reversing what progress they had made into, you know, three seasons ago when they looked exciting and were, you know, borderline playoff team. Yeah. So they've just kind of, I think that, uh, utilization is an issue and then it seems like there's a gap between Travis Green and the players because um after the last game uh or one of the last games who was who was it that they played uh Chicago um where they lost what like 2-1 or something like that um after the game Travis Green was like you know I'm I'm happy with the work effort that we put in that game and like something like 9 out of 10 times we win that game and I'm happy with the performance and then you have players like JT Miller who are saying, like, you know, it's frustrating out there. I feel like our mental game isn't there. And so it's like you've got players that are saying one thing and the coach is saying yeah. something completely different. And, and so it's like there's just not there's the a disconnect locker room there. isn't there. Yeah, it's a total disconnect. Um, and the thing, too, with that, that Green's comments on that, Chicago had played the night before in Edmonton and got completely worked by the Oilers. There was a shift in the early second period where – uh, two of the defenders, I think it was like Murphy and DeHaan or something, were out for three to five minutes in one shift. Like, that team would have been exhausted after that game, after that shift. And they go into Vancouver, and they dominate the Canucks. They win. And I think I think JT Miller's comment is more accurate based off of what we see from other better players in that lineup. That there's just, the confidence isn't there. The The mental game, just something's off. And you see it specifically in Elias Pettersson's game, that he's hesitant. He doesn't have confidence. He's not taking that shot that he succeeded so well with in his rookie season. Yeah, and you see glimpses. Like, you saw that one shot where it was like a seeing eye shot from the, I don't know, it was like top of the circle or the blue line or something. And it was just like, holy shit, like, how does that go in? Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, their special teams is god-awful. Like, their power play is 16%, PK 62%. Um, so... I think it's just like that team chemistry is just off and there's just, yeah, some players in some weird positions for them. And, um, you know, like I have one proposal 
and I'm curious to see how you would you think about this, but um, you know, I think a lot of the buzz is like Travis Green has gotta go, and I think a lot of the buzz is also that Jim Benning has gotta go. What I would like, what I would love is if the Canucks brought in Bruce Boudreaux. Um see, because I feel like he would really fit in with that offensive group that they have and I he would agree. let players play their offensive game. Yeah. And I think people like Quinn Hughes, Brock Besser, and Elias Pettersson could thrive <laughs> under you know, Boudreaux. We, obviously the this version of the Canucks are not quite the, you know, the Washington Capitals that he coached, but that's the same type of mentality that would probably work well with what Vancouver needs to do to succeed with uh, the, the skill offensive game. So I actually think that's a good proposal for a coach. Yeah. And like, he's, he's really good at like keeping it loose, I think too. Right. So it's like, you know, the Canucks are just been crap for so long. It's like, I think they need someone to just come in and be loose. Like just, yeah, you know, let them do their thing. And and you've got players with confidence and, and the mental games off, get someone who's a little bit more lenient or a little bit more loose. Like you said, just to, try and take a little bit of the pressure off and let the guys play the game that they know they can get them to find that confidence a bit. Yeah, I would, I would love it. It's like, you know, if all of our capitals are leaving the team, let's bring in a former capitals coach. <laughs> like it, it fits the pattern. So, um, I just think that would be awesome, um, for him to come in. Um, that's, that's something that I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, how about you? Do you have any other solutions for, for them? Um, I think this one definitely has to go higher than just the coach. And I think they would be wise to um, let Jim Benning go before the coach. I think it would be smarter to replace the GM first and then let the GM bring in his own coach that's going to match, you know, top down the system, the style that they want. Um, you know, looking at some of the guys on, on the market for the GM, like Jeff Gorton's available if he's interested in a job. He's done. He did an amazing job in like three months as the interim GM in Boston, putting together a lot of the key pieces of their 2011 Cup team. Um, we look at his body of work with the Rangers, and you know, yeah, they lucked out getting uh, high draft picks really quickly in the rebuild, but he still put a lot of solid pieces in place and built the core of that team. So you know, someone like him going into Vancouver that already has a talented core, I think feel I feel like someone like Jeff Gorton would be a good fit for trying to fix what's going on there because at this point I'm seeing a lot of similarities with the current Canucks that were there around the 2010 Oilers in that era where you've got all these offensively talented skilled younger forwards but your defense is terrible you've just got a random collection of veterans underperforming veterans filling all the gaps and nobody can do anything it just looks like a completely disconnected game there's no chemistry symmetry anything in the game yeah, it's uh, big changes have to happen there, I yeah. think, and just like the the fans know it, oh, yeah. <laughs> players probably know it. Um, the media you know, knows they're gonna it. They're going to start losing players. They're going to start losing more players. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay, so coach GM, I think those will happen before the end of the year. Um, one or the other, for sure. Yeah. I think. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, there's another team in the in the Pacific that we wanted to talk about too, and it's not that far away geographically. And that's yeah. the Seattle Kraken. So we're 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 starting the rivalry here between Vancouver and Seattle. <laughs> um, whose whose shitty situation is more fixable? I guess. <laughs> yeah. I I mean I think personally I think the problem with the Kraken is just defense and goaltending. <clears throat> so 
no one expected them to be like world beaters and if they did they'd be just saying that because of what happened in vegas um but i don't know you watch their game and it's like the offense is there but then they just like get they don't get those timely saves yeah and so i don't know um i think i think that's basically on the right track like it was it was well documented their expansion draft was a miss you know they they lost out on some some great talent that was available to them in favor of some random players that they don't even have anymore um but analytically and on paper the team performs well like they have a favorable percentage of high danger scoring chances um they have a favorable expected goals expected goals for percentage all of these things indicate that they should be an average to slightly above average team the big glaring issue is that they have absolutely no goaltending that they are by far the worst team in net in the league um it comes straight down to save percentage where they've got like an 85.8 percent save percentage the next worst team is montreal at 88.9 like that's that's a significant gap and they're getting nothing from grubauer he's been not great um the defense is doing all right because they're not giving up an absurd amount of scoring chances shots or high danger chances they're just not getting a timely saves like you said yeah like i'm looking here it's like the save percentage five on five is 0.883 league average is 0.926 yeah like that is like, <laughs> that's basically that's a quite goal a disparity a game, right? and so for goals four they're 17th in out of 32 which is goals against average 30th yeah and so they've got a quite a big goal dif- negative goal differential here it's 52 for 68 against and so that's just a bad recipe for winning games it's like when they signed that big free agent in Grubauer, you would expect them to be, you know, he's got to be st- stealing games for him and stuff. And so far he hasn't been doing that. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's obviously not just on one guy, but it's like, you know, you sign a big deal as a goalie. It's, there's, there's, there's a lot of weight that rests on your shoulders. Yeah. And, and the thing is when all of the other stats indicate that the team is actually performing decent defensively, it, it kind of does fall down on the one position. And we, you know, we won't even single out Grubauer because the other two goalies that have games this year aren't, any better um yeah creature's been awful <laughs> yeah joey decord and chris dreger have even worse stats than grubauer i think dreger's sub 800 yeah how yeah i mean he's only played three games or something but um like still that's that's terrible to have that after three games yeah that's that's god awful you, I mean, have like, to yeah, wonder... you get shelled every once in a while but like that is just yeah. ooh. it's like can, it's it's like Okay, what? Who do you do? You even have a goaltending coach? Like, are they there? Are they doing anything? Like, do you need yeah, a you new got, one? Yeah, you got kind of got to wonder that because it's like Grubauer looked good in Colorado. Um, he looked good in Washington back back in the day, but he looked like a bona fide starter in in uh, in Colorado. And then like Dreger looked great in Florida, mm-hmm. and Bobrovsky's kind of turned his game around. He's looked awesome this year, um, and it's like. Would they have been better off with Vitek Vanacek? <laughs> or is it goaltending? What is it? Like, like what, uh, what, what's what exactly going on is there? causing this goaltending issue? Because it's it's the entire position. It's not the skaters. Like, the defense isn't giving up too many bad, like, uh, really high-quality chances. It's something is off in the net in Seattle. I mean, that being said, though, like, the eye test, like, when the Capitals played Seattle, uh, 
I don't know, over the weekend or whatever, um, they, like right off the bat, they gave up a gigantic chance and Tom Wilson scored. And it was just like a yeah. terrible, okay. terrible play by um, uh, who's who is that? Um, Lausanne, I think. And he just gave the puck away to Kuznetsov, and Kuznetsov just like one hand passed it to Wilson in the front of the net, okay. and he scored. So it's like, I don't know how much of that is happening, but um, it was a it was a snipe so to tell you that be, much. They ended up be, winning, yeah. Um, but it's like there could be some of that happening as well. Or it's so like they might not be giving up a lot, but they're giving up really really bad ones a lot. Yeah, and it was kind of back and forth that game. I know that was the Capitals' like seventh game in eleven days. And so they look kind of kind of rough, um, but there was a lot of icings in that game, and so there's a lot of like stretch passes and stuff that both teams were trying and they were just missing. Um, and so like the Caps fan of me wants to knock that up to fatigue for the Capitals, but for Seattle, I don't I don't know. But um, it's the eye test is kind of kind of iffy there. But with like the defenders they have, you'd think that they would be a bit bit stronger um, on the puck, but. You know, maybe it's that expansion guys are being put into positions where they normally don't play. So yeah. they're playing more minutes or something. I'd be interesting to take a look at the stats and just see how, on average, the team's ice time averages have, have adjusted, um, especially on defense. But, um, yeah, it's definitely that goaltending is it's what it comes down to. And, you know, you watch their games, and there's a lot of uh, analysts in, around the league that are saying, like, you know, those expansion teams, when they're good, they've got a good goalie. And when they're not good, they don't. That was the whole so, thing like, with, you look like, at Vegas. Marc-Andre Fleury when he was there. And then they, they were getting amazing goaltending out of the random third and fourth stringers they had up. Yeah, and their defense wasn't wasn't anything special. No. They just had but they something had a great goalie and, and And whatever their system that Gallant had going on. Yeah. Yeah, and their whole thing was, like, that counterattack, right? So it's like... If they could get the save, they would go down the ice and score. Exactly. Whereas what's happened with Seattle is they can score, but they're not getting that that defense that stopped the puck. So I think I don't know. I mean, like, do you do you shake things up and get a new goalie coach in there? Because Grubauer, you got you can't just get rid of him at this point. I mean, he's no. at an all time low value. All time low value, um, and you've kind of signed him to a long term commitment. You're not going to give up after fifteen to twenty games. No. So I think they got to really take a critical look at their goaltending coaching situation and maybe bring in like a you know a sports psychologist or something i'm sure they already have one but you know really work with grubauer there to help fix him fix his game up so that they can at least you know get his confidence back because it's got to be shaken right now it's like totally new team a lot of pressure you know you're not you're not making those big saves and you know you just got to get the, the trust of your your players and your coach back so I don't know. I think I think it's not as dramatic as the Canucks. It's like like there's less pressure for sure, um, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's shaky goaltending for sure. Um, so anyway, what what team do you have next on the on the list of uh, problem solving here, Sean? Well, there's one other team kind of in the Western Conference here that's um, yet again struggling in a similar way to that's been an issue over the past five six seasons in the Dallas Stars. And again, the the problem in Dallas is just their offense. They cannot find a way to score. They can't find a way to score consistently. And you know, this year, their defense and goaltending hasn't been as great either, and they're giving up more goals than normal. But 
they're still struggling to outscore any of their problems. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, there's, there's a few issues with their team. Um, that their power play being so good is kind of surprising. Um, you know, they're like 26% or something yeah, like that. Yeah, considering how few goals and how few points they have and then the, the players that aren't scoring too, that um, they, they have such a good power play. Yeah, their their penalty kill is not great, seventy six percent. But um, it's definitely, I think, a, a five on five issue for them. Um, yeah, I think you nailed it right on the head there with just the offense, like twenty seventh in the league for offense, and their their goals against has definitely fallen a bit. Um, where they're they've got a negative goal differential, forty three goals for, fifty one against, so they're sixteenth in the league for goals against, and you know. Holpe has looked good. I think his save percentage overall is is pretty good, but it's falling from, you know, earlier in the season when he looked really, really good. And yeah. Hudobin hasn't been anything special. No, Hudobin's eight seventy three save percentage, three seventy three goals against average, negative seven point, uh, negative seven goals saved above average. So he's he's having a struggle this season too. Yeah, um, and you know Jake Ottinger's played a couple games here and there, but. He's looked good, um, but you know they've got a million goalies. So, um, what are they, what are they going to do? Um, do they do they trade one? Do they let one go through waivers or what? Yeah, but it really yeah. it's really a question like why they brought Braden Holpe in in the off season, knowing they still had Hudobin, knowing they had Jake Ottinger, who was good last year and is still good this year. They've got possibly Ben Bishop in the future, and you know why why bring in Braden Holpe for that instead of working on <laughs> offense. Yeah, I don't know. It's it like Ottinger is clearly the guy for the future, um, so I don't know why they wouldn't be getting him his starts. You know, um, and then like, do they do they just lose faith in Hudobin completely or or what? But like, they're gonna have to figure something out there. Yeah. Um, once they kind of figure out who the guy is, um, but getting back to like the offense, it's like. You know, Haskin is the leading scorer on the team, points points wise. Yeah, and he's only got thirteen and I love, points I, in sixteen games. And I I love Haskinen. Like I'm a huge Haskinen fan, but he should not be the leading scorer on the team. No. Um, you know, he he does bring a lot to the the, the table, but you know, you you, you got to have like Sagan, Ben, uh, Rupe Hints. You know, they got to be the guys. Yeah. And Hintz has been turning it on. I mean, he got like two shorthanded goals in a game, which was absolutely gross. Um, yeah, he, he struggled a lot right out of the gate, but I think the last five games or so, he started to look like the the guy he was last year. He's he's definitely heating up. Um, but um, you know, you look at look at the rest of the roster. So it's like Joe Pavelski is probably right where he should be. Like last year, he was probably overperforming because he had like what like. 12 goals in the first week of the season or yeah, something he, yeah he, he went he <laughs> absolutely went off at the beginning of the year and he's second on the team in points right now and then it's you know jamie ben tyler sagan uh nine points each in 16 games jason robertson nine points in 10 games so he's he's been good um and it's ryan Suter, and then rupe hinson and then luke glenn denning and then you get to alexander radulov yeah. Uh, and then get Dennis Kuryanov has only got five points. He's been last year was a disappointment for him, and this year it's just been like he's been totally invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know the rest of the team is kind of 
around there, but like their big guys have to be better, and that's kind of the, the the same old story. Yeah. Um. Well, exactly, and and you know, listing off those names, you end up with a 37 year old Joe Pavelski, a 35 year old Radulov, 32 year old Ben, and a 30 year old Tyler Sagan who's missing major time over the last few seasons with leg injuries, and it's kind of you know that's that's woefully insufficient. Where you you don't really have much of an offensive core to replace them. You've got Hints, Robertson, and and Gurianov if he can ever find his game. But beyond that, you don't have much offense at all. And you know those those main offensive guys when you've got Pavelski, Ben Sagan, providing a lot of it right now. Like they're going to need to be replaced soon, like sooner rather than later. Yeah, and one guy I forgot to mention that's like. A- Probably the number one disappointment right now is John Klingberg, three assists. He's so far down the list, I didn't even scroll that far. (laughs) Yeah, but that is a problem. That is a huge problem. That's a huge fall-off for him. Um, So, I mean, last season he had 36 points in 53 games. He's got three in 12. Um, You know, he had some injury issues already, but missed four games or whatever. But that's a huge fall-off. And I think, like, Haskinen's just kind of, eating his point totals away because he's he's the guy he's replacing but him basically Klingberg is still he should still be a guy I think he's in a contract year too um but you know when Luke Glendening has more points than him <laughs> like he's got more goals than than Klingberg has points like that's a problem Luke Glendening is also only playing 13 minutes of ice time per game <laughs> yeah and how much is Klingberg like 22 or something uh, like that 21 35 it's a it's an issue, yeah. um, especially when their power play is so good. Like, exactly, he should be getting more points than that. Um, but yeah, like they've just overall their offense is is, is garbage, and like what why why? So look looking into it a little bit deeper, you know this this is clearly something like organizational. This is like this is something that's been going on since I think six twenty sixteen twenty seventeen was the last time they had like a a solid offensive season where they're scoring over three three goals per game. And since then, if you combine all of the seasons from, from 16, 17 until, and up to, up to and including this season, the best season offensively for the Dallas Stars is 2017-18. They had 2.82 goals for per game. And of 186 you know team seasons in those years, that's 106th. Wow. So like all of all of their offenses, you know, bottom bottom third of the league, bottom half of the league, um, and it's it's so long. It's been through three coaches, I think, Lindy Ruff, Montgomery, and now uh, Rick Bonus. You know, it's it's something organizational at this point where they probably need, had Hitchcock in there too, somewhere. right? <laughs> probably, <laughs> and um, you know, you kind of how do you change it? How do you manage it? Like you probably have to change the managerial team to get someone with yeah, a different philosophy like, in. Like, you look, like, right before that, too, and I think they were, like, top five in offense, but that was back when they had, like, you know... Uh, this was prime Niemi, second, yeah. Niemi and Lettinen as goaltending. So it was like they had offense, but they didn't have defense. And now it's like they were supposed flipped. to have defense but no offense, but now they're kind of, like, losing on both sides. Um, and, yeah, it's like how much of that is system and how much of that is the players, like, yeah. just... You know, and, you know, not not p- performing. There, there's, in my view, it's it's both that certain players haven't been allowed to perform in you know in the way they need to offensively. But you know, looking back at what I said earlier in this episode, 
there isn't a whole lot there beyond your aging and oft-injured best offensive players. And you don't have a whole lot of skilled offensive prospects coming up. Like, you've got you've got your handful, like we talked about Hintz and Robertson and hopefully Urianov. But beyond that, they don't seem to have that, that pool that's going to come in and, you know, shake things up and just provide some boost. Yeah, and it's like Jim, is it Jim Nell? Hasn't been getting the same scrutiny as a guy like Benning, but it's like, you know, kind of the same level of success. You know, they had their cup run, but it was like kind of fluky and, you know, exactly. not really expected to, to happen. And then they missed the playoffs immediately the season after. Um, and, I mean, they could, they could have got there if they won a few more overtime uh, shootouts. They, they would have beat Nashville. Well, that, that, but, that just um, goes right back to the offense. Like, they don't have, you know, star power to, to win in those <laughs> nice three-on-three situations um, or score one more goal a game. Yeah, and, like, last season, it was, like, the Rupe Hints show. And it's, like, you know, when when he's not on, the team wasn't on. And this season, he's he started a little more quiet, but he's kind of heating up. But it's, like, even if he does get on, like, a tear, it's, like, they still have glaring issues they got to fix. And, mm-hmm. you know, their their general manager should be getting some heat. Ultimately, he put the team together, and he hasn't really done anything. It's like, how far, how long ago was it that he was calling Sagan, Ben, and Radulov horseshit? And they're still there. Exactly. <laughs> like, Radulov is really, really quiet. Um, you know, the, the core that they have is, is still horseshit. Like, they're not, not doing very good, so... Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the the solution for this one is. It's like short term, coach. Uh, you know, but I think it's a I think it's a general management and just they gotta yeah. shake things up. Well, exactly. Like I said, at a certain point, you've gone through three or possibly four coaches and had the same issue with all of them. Like that that says to me, it's more organizational that the players being put in on the ice aren't quite what they need to be. So. Yeah, and one thing I was watching hockey guy. I bring him up a lot. That guy's that guy's awesome. Uh, he had like a breakdown of Dallas. I was watching, and uh, he said they lost both games against Ottawa, and they lost to Vancouver. And it's like those are points they need to take. You need to win those games. Yeah, like those teams are like four yeah. and eleven or something, and it's like. <laughs> This is, this is something those guys. Edmonton used to do where they, they'd be able to stick, keep up with Chicago in their heyday when they were winning the cup. They'd be able to blow out Chicago, but then they'd go and lose against the only other team in the league worse than them. Yeah. And, so... and to me, that spells like even um, even in the mental game where you end up you end up not properly assessing your situation or your opponent and you just go in like all lackadaisical, like whatever, who cares? We're going to win anyways. But that doesn't set you up against a team that's coming in like, hey, we need to beat these guys. They're all amped up and ready to go. And Dallas is like, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. You lose, you lose a close one in Ottawa for your third game of the season. So they lost two, three. Then they they lost one, four to Ottawa, and then they lost to the Canucks three to six. It's like, and then they get they got blown out by Minnesota two seven as well two games ago and then they beat the blues 4-1 it's like what is there two teams here like mm-hmm. what is going on um because yeah it's like the efforts just doesn't seem to be super consistent and yeah i don't know well, again it's... i mean that that kind of boils down for me it's a similar thing with vancouver where you know gm needs a new gm needs to come in with a better more clear vision goals like plan to get 
you know a more well-rounded team in place but you know the the inconsistent play also says to me that there's just a coaching or leadership issue on the ice where the like someone's not motivating the players or getting them ready for the games well enough yeah it's it's an issue when you lose two to one of the bottom teams in the league like that's that's something something's wrong something is wrong there um so yeah it's i think bonus seat is definitely a little warm and i think i think jim nils should be should be up there too Mm -hmm. um because it's just been a while there that he's been a gm there for a while um and it's just mediocrity yeah exactly with the exception of that fluky cup run um so yeah um they've got some good young players and i'd like to see them kind of you know shift to that core you know haskinen ottinger rupe hints robertson yeah and start trying start trying to build a little bit around them get some draft picks get some offense like you know rebuild a little bit retool around that yeah make those your guys if klingberg is this bad all year sign him for cheap (laughs) there you go bring him back maybe it's good give him a one one and done deal like you know show me one of those show me deals yeah yeah okay and uh anything else to say about dallas or should we move on to to the east well last thing is like do you have any thoughts on who could replace them who might be a better fit in in either the gm or the coach position i don't know i mean like aside from boudreau like they've got like what coaches like david quinn uh babcock (laughs) (laughs) um i don't think his redemption i guess rick rick talkett um yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, the players they have, I mean, I guess if you're trying to get a little bit more offense going, um, who do you who do you bring in? I mean, like, Boudreaux seems like a guy that most teams would want in this situation. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess the Suter connection would be there from his Minnesota days. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, just I think it's not really the coach at the end of the day. Yeah. I think it's I think it's just the roster. Yeah, that's fair. How about you? Yeah, well, you mentioned you know like obviously we talk about the offense and and that type of thing being the issue. So again, you look at someone like Boudreaux who's worked well under those types of uh, teams before. But um, you know, you mentioned David Quinn. You know, kind of a kind of a weird situation with him in him in new york and you know was he let go for performance was he let go because they just got a new gm like maybe a bit of both who knows but um you know there's gms available like mike gillis who is apparently sort of was looking for uh get back into the nhl he oddly enough there's ties that he might be into like vancouver's gm search (laughs) if if the owners want to bring in someone with former ties to the organization so you'd think someone like him you know, maybe even go higher up and bring in like Jim Rutherford, who might want to take like a president uh, job with the team. But if the if it's the right fit, a GM job. You know, if he if Rutherford thinks he could make a couple of quick moves and be a competitor for a couple seasons at the tail end of his career, then you know maybe it might be the right fit for him. You know, I I, I bet at the end of the day they're probably going to bring in like John Tortorella. <sighs> you know, that wouldn't surprise me. Someone... I feel like he would be. 
he would be a guy that they would bring in. And yeah. it's like, does that really fix your issue? It perpetuates no, it. <laughs> but I feel like it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I just have a feeling that it's, that's the guy. It's one of those short-sighted, <laughs> we need to kind of save my save my job now moves. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that that would probably be something that would fix, come in, or Babs. Babs or Torts, I think, would be like the Dallas. Yeah. The Dallas situation. <laughs> so the uh the last team that's been really underperforming this season is the new york islanders um they were a lot of people's picks to be you know metro division winner like you know was this going to be the season they finally hit the cup final but here we are you know 20 games 16 to 20 games in and the islanders are 12 12 points in 15 games they haven't played a whole lot because of the schedule we'll talk about in a minute but, you know, they're only 400 points percentage, negative 16 goal differential, and they're not looking good. They're struggling. Score. There you go. Shoot the puck and score. That's I think that's really the, the so, issue here. <laughs> so they, they currently, I mean, Arizona's played four more games, but they currently have less goals than Arizona. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll we'll look at goals for per game rather than goals total because you know that's more accurate considering a four game difference. Yeah, they're they're last in the league for goals. But even but then, they're like they're scoring said, they... two goals per game. So in those four games, they get eight goals, and they're still second last in the league, anyways. Yeah, it's it's really just you know, I feel like they they kind of got a raw deal here at the beginning of the season they just because they had like. You know, have they even played a home game yet? <laughs> they had, They finally had their home opener on Saturday, a month into the season. So that was one of the things I mentioned with their schedule. They had a 13-game road trip or something to start the season, and they had a couple of weeks where they played, like, three games in 12 days or something. So you know, Yeah, and they've got, like, not, like, a crazy amount of turnover on the team, but, like, there's some new guys yeah. on the team, and it's like you're on a road trip, and then there's, like, no games. It's like it's hard to develop some real chemistry it's hard that. to get your legs under you it's hard to find any sort of chemistry like you said it's hard to get into any sort of routine like you're tired from traveling all the time and not being at home and it's just just a crap schedule a crap deal to start the year also leo komarov left the team to go to the khl so it's yeah. like he kind of got you know, pushed he wasn't... out of the lineup i think too right yeah he, he was he only played one game and then wasn't wasn't getting suited up and yeah you know in his his um announcement he said like you know i made this decision and blah blah, blah. it wasn't like pushed out and it's like well, well yeah you were <laughs> yeah you were um but but yeah it's 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 yeah. hard when you've got such a long road trip and and no games you 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 mentioned you know simply the word score you know they've got barzell's got eight points in 15 games they've got kyle parmeri has one goal in the season Anders Lee has four goals, no po no assists on the season. Um, Pajot's only got four points, too. Um, you know, Wallstrom's got five goals and no assists in that same span, and it's just, they're they're not scoring. They don't have any offense going on right now. Yeah. That's that's not helping a situation. Yeah, it's, it's just their offensive game just isn't there. Yeah. Now, one other thing I wanted to, to point out, too, and this is partly due to injury, but also partly this was you know close to their defense to start the year anyways but their defensive lineups on daily faceoff right now are top pairing is Zdeno Chara and Noah Dobson <laughs> their second pairing is Robin Sallow and Scott Mayfield 
and their third pairing is Sebastian Ajo and Grant Hutton. So like Great. I didn't realize both Pelic and Pulak were apparently injured. Yeah, I think I think Pulak's been out for a while, and then Pelic I think is quite is a more recent one, but I don't know if it's COVID or an injury or what. But okay, looks like Pelic should be back. He's not on their IR or anything. If I'm looking at the right spot, but um, yeah. So like you you know you've got that as your defense. Like their their left defense was an issue to begin with when they were had like Zdeno Chara and Andy Green penciled in to be their second left defender but um that's that's gotten even worse with injuries and with what's whatever is going on with their roster depth right now yeah and i know varlamov was was out for a while and they were just using sorokin for like almost every single game but he's been good um but he got shelled in one game i know that for sure but yeah their defense looks pretty bad <laughs> but like 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 their power play 12%. PK is 81%. So, like, the PK is okay. Um, but, like, they just got to score more games. Like, get your goalie some run support. Yeah, and Sorokin, like, Sorokin has been great. He's putting up insane yeah. numbers right now uh, so far this season. He had that one weekend where he played back-to-back -back and got shut out Saturday-Sunday. So he's, he's doing yeah. great. Varlamov struggled in his few games, but he was also coming into the year injured. Um. But even even Sorokin with a 925 save percentage, 254 goals against average, that's great. Like that's perfectly perfectly good, and he's got a 5-5 and two record. Yeah, yeah. So it's not him. It's it's the run support. Yeah, that's that's the main issue. There is scoring, and they they tried to sort of fix it. They you know bring in Kyle Palmieri and try Zach Parisi out, but um. Again, it's like the, the team system, the team focus is just on grit, on defense, on shutdown physical play. So you have someone like Oliver Wallstrom, who's one of the one of if not the best prospect in the organization. He's a goal scorer. He has five goals in fifteen games on the season. That's decent. No assists, but he got publicly called out by Barry Trotz after a poor game um, that he wasn't something about him not playing the right way or something. Um, so he comes out the next game and has like five hits or something. It's kind of clear what the message was to, to Wallstrom on the back end. But, you know, him playing 13 minutes a game, he's their leading goal scorer. Or I think for a bit early in the season, he was their leading goal scorer. Now he's second to Brock Nelson. Um, who just got hurt. Who just got hurt. So <laughs> their leading active goal scorer, getting 13 minutes <laughs> a game and seems to be in in a bit of the doghouse because he doesn't play physical enough or something like there's no there isn't really any support for offense in the system yeah it's uh it's weird it's i don't know it's not surprising barry trotz calling out a young player he used to do that to jacob verana all the time when he was in washington um a lot of fans really hated it and before he left people like before they won the cup people were saying he should go because of that reason well Trust yeah you the don't want players it's it's like you don't want to publicly call out players like that too like deal with that type of thing in private yeah i mean that's like well that old school coach thing it's call them out try and fire them up i guess yeah. but i don't know it's it's um bizarro just their schedule and how they're like no <laughs> no home games to start start the season and how they're 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 so far down in the standings because they've been 
playing bad, but also because of the amount of games they played. But you know, weighted, they they still are bad. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, even even sorting by points percentage, they're still like bottom eight, I think. Yeah, and just the metro is just so tough that you know you can't wait around forever to turn it around. So I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't really know this one. Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned how tough the division is. So Islanders have twelve points in their fifteen games, but then the next team, the next two teams are New Jersey and Philadelphia, who both have nineteen points. Yeah, in sixteen games. So like they're so far down right now. But um, you know, yeah, like you said, to to fix this one, it's hard because what are the Islanders going to give up to bring in scoring? But is it worth it bringing in scoring if the team's system doesn't support that? Yeah, like who would you even go for? You got, you kind of got your guy in yeah. Palmieri. Well, you know, we talk about someone like John Klingberg being awful in Dallas. Would a trade boost? Would a trade to the Islanders, you know, give him a bit of a fire res- reset, fresh start, new situation? Because he'd be pretty high up in their lineup right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, would, would that know. work? Would it's... it stifle him even more? Like, you know, do they want to really put Noah Dobson in that spot when they're trying to bring him up in the lineup too? But yeah, that's an interesting one. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting problem here because I think this is the most complicated one. Because like, you know, like you said, there were a lot of people's picks for Cup winners and came out of the gate slow how much of that can you just attest to that schedule and how much of it is something else mm-hmm. do you make a dramatic change or do you just kind of wait for it to kind of normalize but do you have time to do that especially with the the defense that they the they currently have and the injuries when you've got a bunch of your best players out too you know can you really afford to wait because by the time they come back and you've got the lineup you actually want like you're going to be even farther behind yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, what what do you do here? Your your captain, Anders Lee, four goals. That's it. He's been really slow, and I think he's on the COVID list now. He had oh, like huge hip surgery or something last year to end his yeah, season. Yeah, uh, I think ACL or something knee related that got twisted up last little bit of the season, so he missed some time. And yeah, it's. I don't know, man. I don't know what they what they should do. Part of me thinks that they should just ride it out, just kind of get over this slump. But that's kind of running through my mind too, because we you know we see the team style and kind of what they can do and how well they've been at just grinding out wins in the past. Like, could they do it again once they get certain players back? Probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just looking at like the, the the games that they've had. So like they've. They've lost to Carolina, to Columbus, um, to New Jersey. They got shut out. So, you know, they've lost some important Metro matchups already. And then they've been playing some good teams after that. Like, um, you know, they, they've got a loss to Carolina. They've They've lost to florida twice already five one and six one which is pretty bad um you know they 
They lost to Tampa Bay. They lost to Calgary. They lost to the Leafs. They have lost six in a row. Yeah, so, I mean, and they're also, <laughs> yeah, like that strength of schedule is something to be noted too, that they're playing against division leaders, basically. Yeah, like, Florida, like their Toronto, wins came Calgary, against. Florida, Carolina, like these are all, these are all like top 10 teams. Yeah, and like they got to make that up somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, they've, they've got some, some, some matchups later in the season to do that. Um, but yeah, like six in a row, that's, that's quite the skid. So I don't know. Um, and then like in that, in those six games, they've, they've what scored six goals, six goals in six games. You shut out twice. You got to score. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, damn, you, that is, that's a terrible six game stretch. Like you're not, you gotta, you, you're not going to win anything doing that. Yeah, that's. Um, Unless you're the flames, you can't rely on a shutout to get a win. <laughs> yeah. So that's 27 goals against and six goals for in, the, in that six games. That's, uh, not Ouch. good. Ouch. I think there's a technical term. <laughs> and again, it's not goaltending. Like, it, Sorokin and, and Varlamov, I think, have been okay. Sorokin's been good. Um, so, they got to... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think they just got to wait it out. Like, they, they got to they gotta really focus on the the games they can win from here on out and there's a lot of them um but they they really got to make their metro matchups count um like their next game here it's against you know, the rangers and then they play the, the penguins and the rangers again and the flyers like those are important those are some big games yeah because that's all that's all going to be important swing points to catch them up you know to to get the most out of what wins they can get Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, just blow it up, go back to Nassau. <laughs> <laughs> Screw the new rink. <laughs> Let's go back to Nassau. Yeah, that I think that's the toughest one we've looked at. Yeah, and it's today. hard because, you know, lots of lots of seasons you start hearing trade talk or, you know, certain players are available. You know, who's who's really available this season? Like is Tarasenko still available? He's been doing good. Does St. Louis even want to give him up? Probably not. Probably not. Hey, I mean, maybe Vancouver. <laughs> maybe they could get a guy like, uh, I don't know, Brock Besser or something crazy. Yeah, Besser's been rumored in, in trade rumors in the past. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Did they go for someone or did they just ride it out? Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Lou, Lou, Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz. We have to remember those two are in in you know positions there, so I feel like those are the more ride it out types. You know, grind, ride it out or grind it out, rather than yeah. rather than shake it up. So. I I agree. I think that's the most likely outcome. I would love for them to just go get someone crazy, like someone that, a dynamic forward, but. It probably won't happen. Something like John Tavares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think he would fit really, 
well right. in in uh in, on Long Island and I wonder if I, I wonder that, if they need uh, him yet. Fans would really welcome him back. Would they would they start chanting we needed you after all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then all the fans could take like the tape off of the Tavares jerseys and off. You know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That wraps things up for this time here on Clappercast. Make sure you rate and review this episode and toss a follow or subscribe our way. For more content, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Clappercast Media or on Twitter at Clappercast. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back next week with more Hockey Talk.